Hey, welcome back. My name is Dominic Gaysom and you're listening to PR Hangover. Hello everyone, welcome back to PR Hangover. Today I am joined with my lovely guest, Amberly Dismira. Um, Amberly is a young professional cur- currently living in Madison, Wisconsin. She's an alumni of GVSU and a familiar face to GVPRSSA, serving as its VP of Chapter Development her junior year and president, yay, senior year. And then after graduating in 2023, she quickly became working as an account executive at Fish Tank PR, living and loving all media relations. Hello, Amberly. Hello, Dominic. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm so grateful you're here. Um, Amberly's my favorite person actually ever. Um, first uh, question I want to ask you, how's Wisconsin? How's How are you? How's the Midwest doing? Thank you so much for asking. Wisconsin is just dashing. Madison is a beautiful city. And honestly, it reminds me a lot of West Michigan. So adjusting has been easy peasy. And as for me, I've definitely been a little hermit crab recently because it has been so cold here. I would say in like the last two days now, it's finally getting like 30s, 40s. So I'm like, wow, it's spring (laughs) outside. Uh, But I've been getting a lot of rest in and reading, so cannot complain. But flipping that back around to you, how are you feeling this Midwest winter? You know... It's actually been so mild here. Like, we just had, like, two weeks of really, really heavy snow and, like, snowed in. And that was, like, really depressing. Um, But now it's, like, we're in the 40s today. And I'm, like, this is the winter I've always wanted. Like, no winter. I know. I saw the the sun came out yesterday for the first week. I felt like a brand new person. We had a sunset. I was, like, look at the sun, guys. (laughs) There is the sun. I was... It was so pretty, too. Like, ugh, I love spring. <laughs> love it. Yeah, well, love it thank you me. again for having me. Mm-hmm. I am very excited to be here to talk about what I've been up to. It's crazy being a young professional. And I know you have a few questions for me about what that's been like and how work is. So let's hop right in. Let's get right into it. Okay. So just first kind of question, you are that young professional, you just got out of college. Um, So how would you say your GVSU education prepared you for the position you're in now at Fish Tank? Well, beyond the content within the classes that I was learning, because obviously my writing classes and PR classes are the foundation of my education, I would say that Grand Valley taught me how to be a team player and how to value people's emotions and understand their feelings, which comes in handy way more than you would think in the workforce. Let me just add, um, I I also was a management minor, which a lot of people don't know because who talks about their minor? But because of that, I took a bunch of team building and workplace classes, which honestly taught me so much about the work world and how it operates and how to succeed within it. And like it, that could just happen by having a positive attitude. So thank you, Grand Valley. Um, as you entered the workforce, like what would you say your biggest shock was? Oh my gosh, I would say that I realized I had so much to learn. I feel like when you graduate college, you feel like you know it all, but then you start working and you're like, 
Whoa, what is this? Where am I? I feel like an actual infant right now. When <laughs> a month ago, I was like the top of my class. It is such a bizarre transition. And honestly, like the way I could best describe it is being a young professional feels like jumping into a pool of freezing cold water sometimes. You just got to like figure it out. It's exciting. It's thrilling, but it's also like anxiety inducing because you're mm -hmm. like, this is the time where you're learning new things, but you're also making mistakes. Like you're not the expert on things anymore. Like how you thought you once were being like a senior in college. Um, and I, it's like a love hate relationship for sure. Like I'm learning so much, but at the same time, I'm like terrified to make a mistake, even though I know that's how you learn. I, I definitely am not excited for that moment in my life, but um, you will get, you get to it. go first. Yeah. You get you to go first and tell me. <laughs> Tell me your mistakes first. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm like, send me a voice memo at any time when you yeah, first voice memo up. like, hey, Emily, what'd you do wrong this week? <laughs> <laughs> kidding. But obviously, the base for this job, you had a lot of internships. Um, so what did those exactly teach you? And how was having two at once? Because you had two at once at some a long period of time, actually, a couple months, but Yes. So I'll answer the first part of that question. Mm -hmm. I loved all of my internships. Shout out to GVSU Alumni Relations Office, John Ball Zoo, and 834. Um, and for all the listeners out there in need of more context, I used to love to overwork myself. It was as people would say, a favorite hobby of mine. So I used to hold, like Dominic said, like at least two jobs or internships at once on top of school. And because of that, I would say my organization skills and my adaptability improved like crazy because I used to go from sitting in an office working on emails for a few hours to hosting events for the elderly in nursing homes to then going to a zoo and hosting events for children all in one day. And that in one way or another helped me adapt to working in an agency because your clients will have all sorts of different needs and different tones of voice that you'll need to adapt again and again and again once you're like hopping from account to account. So I would definitely say like juggling more than one internship at once helped me learn how to make that mental switch, which is much needed when you're working in agency. And then the process of having two intern internships at once I would say like, I just did it. Like, I know it's a horrible answer. I'm like, you could end the podcast right here. I just did it. The end. Oh, um, <laughs> no, but I would say organization skills and planning your weeks out so well that you make time for like all the other important things that you have going on in your life will keep you sane. I feel like if you have the ability to be like, I'm going to take a shower tomorrow, like, you know, just like planning, like, every detail of your life out is that healthy probably not but like when you're so busy in school and juggling all these responsibilities like that was the only way for me to be able to juggle all of that I definitely don't need to plan like that now but I really recommend having at least two internships because then you'll be able to be like okay, here's how I act in an office setting. Here's how I act in like a more event, like whatever venue you're working in type of setting. Those those are obviously like specific examples to me, but even just like every company is different. So learning how, learning the differences between them, like even like I work in media relations, 
people do media relations differently everywhere. And that's just like, it's an interesting thing going from one company to another and seeing how they differ. And yeah, so just want to applaud you for your amazing organization skills. Um, the best time management actually ever. Do you recommend this life to other like the two a day? Oh my work? gosh, I would. If the passion is there, yes. If you're going to be miserable, then no. I knew what I was getting myself into, but I've always been a very hard worker. And I wanted to learn as much as I could before I graduated because being an intern, that is a beautiful thing because they're not looking up to you to like run the company. You're there to like learn as much as you possibly can. The stakes are not high. I mean, obviously, if you want to work at that company after the internship ends like, and when you're graduating, you're going to like, I mean, regardless, I'm like, if you take anything from me, you should always try your best in any position you have because you exactly. never know when connections are going to come back. And also, like, I don't know, why would you ever want anyone to think of you as a horrible employee? That's not fun or cute. Yeah. So yeah. if you have the capacity and you think you could handle it, then yes, because you will learn so much. But if you're like, I don't think this will be good for my mental health, then I strongly advise not to. Mm-hmm. I obviously agree because mental health comes first. Absolutely. As we've learned with Emma Nelson's episode, self-help episode. Yes. Listen to that next. Listen Cue to that up. plug. Yeah. So moving on to your current workplace. Ooh, fun. So, so you work for a New York firm, Fish Tank PR, as the number one Midwest fan. How is it working at a New York-based firm? Yes. So the rumors are true. I am what you would call a remote worker, fully remote. I love working for Fish Tank for a billion reasons and getting to visit New York is definitely one of them. I'm actually going back in like two days, so I'm excited. Yeah. Um, it's a fun time to go and like see my colleagues who are based in New York, like go into the office. Cause we have, we do have like an office there that people will go to mm -hmm. just to, like sit and chat and have some banter with them. Maybe get some <laughs> drinks and apps after work. Like that mm -hmm. team building aspect and the culture is very important to me. So going to visit and like see them once in a while is amazing. Um, but I also am a big fan of remote work. I live, I like having my own space. And I know we'll be diving more into that topic of remote working throughout this podcast yeah. episode. Of course. And just based on that, um, do you like prefer the remote or in-person? Obviously, you said you like the remote, but would you trade it up for in-person maybe? I see the benefits in both. I really do. But I feel like I am personally more productive working remotely because I can work more comfortably and on my own terms, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I'm very much so one of those types of people when I know there's work I need to grind out, I need my own space to kind of resort to and not to be bothered. And it's way easier to work that way remotely. Um, people aren't going to be like coming up to you to like ask you questions. Like obviously they'll like send a question over Slack, but you can, unless it's like super urgent, you can kind of get to that when you can. What does it require to work remotely? Like, what's the essentials for you? Yes, I would say being your own boss in a lot of ways, like holding yourself accountable, taking initiative and having confidence and reaching out for help or getting to know your colleagues on a deeper level, just because it's not going to be as easy to just like turn your head and talk to the person next to you. You kind of need to reach out 
So I've scheduled several check-ins with my managers just being like, hey, how am I doing? Because it's it's also hard to assess how you're doing when you're working remote and especially working in media relations. Like it's not a lot of direct results because earning media is hard. Like you're trying to get responses from journalists. Sometimes they're just not having it. They're just ignoring you. Mm-hmm. So like when you're not getting results all the time, it's like, how else can you measure your success? So I'm a big believer of check in once in a while make sure you're getting some feedback and then depending on that feedback change up your direction change how you're approaching your work and working in a remote environment like I said you kind of have to take initiative in a lot of ways like when you feel yourself slipping instead of just waiting for people to come to you to be like hey like how have you been feeling recently? Just like go to them first. And mm-hmm. also it makes you look good because they're like, oh wow, you have a lot of confidence coming to me about this. And I'm like, yes, because I want to contribute to this team. Your favorite question, what does the normal work day of Amberly look like? Yes. Okay, so to set this scene, I do the work I do strictly has to do with media relations, as I teased. And because I'm in central time, I start work bright and early at 7.30. And I also get off at 4.30. And because I work remote, I have no commute, obviously. So it's very nice ending at that time. I typically start my mornings by opening up my email and Slack and looking through anything important I might have missed while getting my beauty rest. And then I hop right into media monitoring. So keeping up with the news is a very important aspect of PR, especially news that mentions your client or relates to your client or the industry they're in in any way. Anyways, I also help um, out with admin work too. So I like to get that done in the morning or at the end of the day. That's like making meeting agendas or monthly media reports for clients. And then the middle chunk of my day is just filled with pitching. So always on the lookout for reporters to reach out to with pitches and press releases to try and get my clients in the news. So a lot of list building and targeting reporters with different types of pitches. So it could be like an intro pitch or one that positions them as a thought leader or trend jacking something that you might have saw during your media monitoring or just like obviously like pitching announcements that your clients have. And that involves coordinating interviews and staying in touch with the reporter one way or another to see the piece through. So that's pretty broad. But if you have Mm -hmm. any questions about media relations, I could answer. Um, I could answer those now or you can stay tuned for next time. Oh, yeah. Her next episode coming out immediately after this (laughs) one. Amberly's just a permanent co-host. Part two coming next week. Part two coming soon. So at Fish Tank, I mostly do media relations, so thought it would be helpful to give a little brief overview of what that entails. So we will put together PR strategies that are basically little like storylines, if you want to put it like, okay, our client could be a thought leader in this topic. So how can we create a story from that and then create a pitch that we go out to a catered list of reporters that would be interested in covering that story? So mm-hmm. A lot of reporters kind of view PR people as pests, and that's when you don't do your research and you're just reaching out to random reporters that are like, ew, why are you bringing this story to me? This has nothing to do with my beat. So all of my clients have to do with 
um, climate tech or sustainability. So a lot of the tar a lot of the reporters that I am targeting, they're on the climate beat. Or like sometimes it'll be like the business beat if it's kind of more of like a business story. So the first step to that would be to look at what pitch you have and be like, okay, what reporters am I going to reach out to this pitch? Media list building is a long process because you should be looking into the reporters to make sure that they're still at the publication. Um, shout out to Muckrack. I love you. But like sometimes that's outdated. So I need to like dig into them like on LinkedIn, like I am stalking this, these reporters to see where they are and what they're covering. And then I send them a pitch. Typically, it's always going to be on email. But once in a while, you got to hop on the phone call to be like, hey, did you get my pitch? Would love to mm -hmm. talk about this story further with you and possibly connect you with my client. And like I teased before, like there are different types of pitches, like an intro pitch could just be like, Hey, saw that you covered this. One of my clients actually is in this industry. We'll love to connect you sometime. Or you can do like a trend jacking. So like, say you read something in the news that your client can speak on. You can kind of like be like, hey, look was look what was in the news today. I have a client who could talk about this or elaborate on it further. So that's a trend jacking one. Mm -hmm. Thought leadership is pretty broad. It's kind of intertwined in both of those being like, my client is a thought leader here. They're an expert on this subject let me get them in front of you and let's get something going. <laughs> or <laughs> the announcement ones are just basically like, when you think of media relations at first, like at least I thought this way in school, like media relations, it always has to be an announcement, but that's not always the case. Like it doesn't have to be like, hey, this restaurant's opening. It, your client is always going to be there to be able to speak on things. So it's kind of us up to us as the PR people to be like, how can we get our client more coverage when they don't always have an announcement going on. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like the base of media relations. There's obviously going to be different strategies to try and get your client in front of reporters. Um, and then of course you can do like local pitching, national pitching, or just like broadcast trade type of pitching. Um, and all those have their own little like strategies. So like to, after this call, I'm going to hop on and call some broadcast newsroom. So get for that. <laughs> phone call for me. That's the first step is the pitching. Mm -hmm. And then say you do get a bite, which a lot of these reporters also keep in mind. I think the stat is like for every six PR people, there's one reporter. Mm -hmm. So these poor people are getting like hundreds of emails a day. So I keep that in mind when I reach out to them because I want to make sure like they're getting fun pitches or meaningful pitches. And that's one thing I really love about Fish Tank where I work because they also realize that like we need to we need to be smart about what we're reaching out to them about, not just like pitching anyone who writes anything, you know, like everything's yeah. catered to them. And then say a reporter does open your email and they're like, wow, this is interesting. I would like to connect with your client about this. That's when you help coordinate the interview. So it's mostly going to be like, sometimes it'll be in person. That's, I would say that's more rare, but most of the time it's like, you're setting up like a Google meet link or whatever. And then you staff the call just being like, Hey, thank you so much for meeting with my client. You do the intros. And then you just kind of sit in the background. You turn your <laughs> camera, you, your camera and video off and you're just there to make sure they don't say anything bad. And then yeah. you report back to your team being like, this is what they talked about. And then you're just like, the most beautiful outcome of that would be the reporter being like, this was a great conversation. 
I'm going to use your client's commentary in an upcoming piece. So then you kind of, you that's you earning the media. When that clip, when that article posts, you're like, wow, I did that. Like I had a hand in that. I earned that media in the peso model. It is the E. Um, peso model tease. Yes. I'm like paid, earned, shared, owned. You already Ooh, know. She knows her peso. I do. Um, so yeah, you, you just wait for that baby to come on. But sometimes nothing comes of it. So then you kind of have to restructure and be like, okay, nothing came out of that interview, but what can we do to keep this relationship going? So in the future, maybe we could get something. So a mm -hmm. big part of media relations is relationship building, which is why I was drawn to it because I love, I love anything that has to do with relationship building. I'm like networking, of joining course. fun clubs or whatever. Like I am there. So it is cool. Like working with some journalists multiple times or them like knowing my name and knowing to look out for an email. Like it's a, it's a good feeling. Have you worked with clients that align with your interests and how is that? Yeah. So one thing I really held close to my heart going into PR was how I wanted to work for companies that are making a difference in the world some way, somehow. I absolutely refuse to work for corporate assholes to help them cover up their scandals. And instead, I want to use my skills as a communicator to empower those who care about things that need to be cared about. So AKA, as I mentioned, all of my clients are working towards fighting climate change, most of them being in the climate tech sector. So although sometimes it's difficult to wrap my head around the complex topics that are within the industry, I feel like it matters. And that's what motivates me. Basically, how I viewed it was, we spend so much time of our life just working. So I wanted to make sure that I was using that time wisely to help support things that mattered. Yes, we stand not working for actual horrible people but exactly that's out out in 2020 a backbone yeah 2024 we don't put up with that no way we're done with that okay given you hopped into a specific industry what is the process of working with clients that you have little experience in and how do you adapt to that yes well in my case i had a lot of interest in the industry i was going into but very little knowledge because let me tell you Fighting climate change isn't just all about reducing, reusing, and recycling. It's, it's a lot more complicated than that. And honestly, it all it takes to understand it is hours upon hours of research, reading, and watching YouTube videos. But that's like learning any new thing, really. It's just reading about it and watching videos about it. And that's also never ending because there's always going to be new things to learn, even in like a specific industry that you think you're the expert on. There's always going to be new developments within it and trends. And it's like you need to stay on top of those. Um, and also, I learned the most random stuff ever. I was never big into science class, but here I am in the middle of the afternoon watching YouTube videos about how to liquefy natural gas and how horrible it is for our environment. And I hate to admit it, but it is fun. Like, who knew how fun it would be to learn new things that used to confuse you? And it's honestly fulfilling for me in a lot of ways because it's like, okay, I'm working towards a great mission. And at the same time, I'm learning more about it. Like, I, it's kind of embarrassing that I wasn't educated on these type of topics because they're so important to know. So definitely recommend everyone read up about climate change. 
not to make this podcast political, but it's it's real. It's here. The time to act is now. Boom. Kind of going back to like remote work. Um, you know, you work, you said from 7.30 to 4.30, but how do you kind of separate, okay, I'm done working now, like you move on. How do you balance your home and work life? Yes. I have a great work-life balance and I credit my company for that. I know that there are tons and tons of people out there who do work remotely that cannot relate to that. So I'm extremely lucky and grateful for where I ended up. But how I separate my work from home since I'm literally working in my home is simply just shutting my laptop for the day. It's as simple as that. And once again, that is a privilege to kind of transition into the second half of my day that isn't filled with work. I'll take my dog Moose for a walk or do some chores or read a book. Just trying to physically remove myself from the laptop and work and then also mentally removing myself from it because like I said, we spend so much of our time working. We shouldn't have to be thinking of it on our time off. That's not what 2024 is here. 2024 is the year of rest. Everyone shut their laptop, shut off those thoughts of work, take some time and make your life fulfilling. So glad that I get to see you be so happy because literally my sophomore year, your senior year, I saw you at the pinnacle of stress uh, (laughs) overworking yourself. So I'm glad you're finally able to slow down and enjoy your life. Yes. So happy to see you happy. My Goodreads goal is 50 to 100 books. And I'm confident this year I will reach it because that, like you said, I was very overwhelmed and just overworked in college. And it's, it is a shock going from that to just having one job instead of like five, you know what I mean? Like when you're in school, you have so much to juggle and I just got so much time back into my life. And it was a, it was a weird transition at first. Cause I was like, I was like, what do I do with this all this time? And so I hope all the busy college students out there can listen to this and be like, you know what? There is a light at the end of the tunnel because I'm telling you right now, I'm living walking proof that there is. So don't be so sad about graduating. It's a vibe. My final question to you, Miss Amberly, um, the pinnacle of questions. What is a piece of advice you would give to someone in my position or just a student or your past self, maybe? What would you tell them? I would say... Don't wait a day longer. Start your job search now because it is such a long process. And I got very lucky to have my job waiting for me when I graduated, but it was because I prepared like a year in advance for it. I was constantly updating my resume and portfolio website and getting myself involved in certain things that I knew would attract opportunities for me in the future. So the longer you wait to get involved or to start preparing for the job search process, the more you're going to start feeling overwhelmed and insecure about your chance of finding and getting a job. And I also want to preface that preparing can look a lot of different ways. It could be soul searching to figure out what you want to do or setting up informational interviews or going to the career center to do mock interviews. The list goes on and on. But All in all, I just recommend starting earlier than later so you're not scrambling to find something right before or soon after graduating and then ending up with a boring job you never wanted. Because again, 
moral of the story, you spend a lot of time working, might as well try to get something you're actually going to care about. I agree. Beautiful answer. And what a great way to close out the episode. Um, I just want to thank you, Amberly, for joining me today. It's been lovely having you here. Um, do you have anything, any final closing comments? I love GVPRSSA and PR Hangover. This was an absolute honor. Um, anyone who's interested in connecting with me, please hit me up on LinkedIn. I would love to be your new best friend. Any advice that you want, I guess. I am a 22-year-old young professional who recently graduated college. So if anyone's nervous about like what life after college looks like, please talk to me. It is so much fun. You're going to have a blast entering work. And yeah, thank you for having me again. Such a fun time. As this episode comes to a close, I just want to remind you that all of the guest information is available in the bio. And thank you for choosing PR Hangover. 